Well, you know, it's kind of embarrassing when uh, the preacher works real hard and he misses something so important. Uh, Julie Drillinger did a phenomenal job in making the uh, G4 Summit shirts. And this is, this, is, this is the shirt if you are up there you'll receive today. You should have got it on uh, Thursday or Friday when you showed up. But I didn't tell her in time, so she did her best to get it to us. And so you're going to get your shirt, and it's free. And so uh, anyway, she, uh, she was inspired by Brian Bragg. How many have seen Brian Bragg wear a shirt that looks kind of like this? All right, well, there you go. So uh, G4 Summit, I have to praise God. That was the most amazing uh, G4 Summit we've had in, in recent history. And since God is in the millennium business probably one of the best ones we ever had. So I just praise God for the speakers. And uh, as I shared earlier, we have a, a new preacher among us. Uh, Alan did a phenomenal job, and uh, he followed me. And so that's kind of scary. You know, you follow the, the main preacher, and you step up, and you preach. And, man, he did a great job. And he was, yeah. his people were praising and, you know, just telling them the great job. And I just couldn't believe it. So anyway... By the way, this was his first uh, prayer meditation. How do you think he did? That's great. <laughs> you know, I'd like to show you a video of me doing my first prayer meditation, but I'm embarrassed to show it to you because you did such a great job. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's turn our Bibles uh, to the book of Psalms 112 as uh, we prepare. Please put, make note if you have been involved with the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar in the past in planning and preparing. We're going to have a meeting next Sunday after assembly. Um, in looking at the U of O Ducks football schedule, they don't have a, an off uh, week this year. We always try to do it on the week that there is no duck game. We don't want any distractions, you know. These little pesky distractions distract people from the really important things in this life. And so, unfortunately, there will be a distraction, but it'll be away. It'll be far away. So it's October 28th is uh, uh, when we're going to do the uh, Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. That being said, that's a week or two earlier than usual. So we're going to have a meeting next week. So please, if you have participated before, uh, we'd love to have you set that aside and uh, meet with us in the back room there. And uh, we'll have our, actually we'll probably downstairs we'll have more room uh, for the Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. Also too, uh, once again, let me remind you, in the week of August, we'll be meeting on Sunday evening assembly and Wednesday evening assembly at the Parks Home. So don't run out to Compton's place. We'll be at the Parks Home this, this August. So any other announcements I might've missed? So is that video of you getting dunked for general circulation? Okay, anybody wants to see uh, Kirk Parks getting dunked in a dunk tank yesterday? Uh, he ran out of, uh, <clears throat> he must really love getting dunked because I guess there was a long line. At least that's what I was told. So he runs out of the men's camp early so he can go get humiliated over and over and over again. Now that is a commitment of sacrifice, man. And so uh, anyway, if you want to see some of those those uh, videos, you just talk with Melissa. Notice Melissa's the one that was doing the video with him. Yeah! <laughs> 
So anyway. Oh, you were the one dunking him. Somebody else. Oh, that. Okay, got it. I see. That's why you're so static. Okay, good. All right. Have you noticed we've never had a dunk tank for the preacher around here? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Psalms chapter one or twelve. Now, there's any other announcements though? I don't have a, a guide here for birthdays. Then we got a birthday coming up this week. Oh, where's the week? Thank you. I said this morning that I was so tired that I was kind of running on about six of eight cylinders. So uh, I might still be in that process right now, as you can tell. Thank you. All right. Alan, your message was encouraging and awesome. Great job. Ty, give it up. We're the newest preacher in the house. Great. All right. Melissa Winningham, don't leave quite yet. You are so positive and sweet and such a good go-getter. What a great example of, of you are a motivated wife, mom, team member. Love you, sister. It's not signed. So anybody could have said that. I would agree. There you go. Give it up for Melissa. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bill, you are such an encourager, and I love how you take the personality God gave you and use it for his glory and the growth of his kingdom. All right. Go hand that to Mr. Compton somewhere. Thank you. I appreciate that. Good job. Let's get over Braxton. And he's always stepping up to help out. Good job. Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's awesome. So now we're going to go to Psalms chapter 112. 112. Um, this is such an awesome passage of scripture. I sat down with uh, Cliff Harold, the sheriff of Lane County, and I said, if you'll look very close, there's 22 blessings in this passage for the man or the woman who fears God. And he goes, no way. And so we read it. Actually, actually, first of all, I asked him to read it. And then when we met on Thursday for him to bring the 22, was, there's not 22 in there. And then as we worked through it, he goes, oh, wow, there is. Okay. Now, I haven't listed, this is the first one, this is the second one, this is the third one, but... You do your searching, and uh, this is really one of the premier passages in regards to the blessings for the one who fears God. Let's read the whole thing, and then we're going to finish up the last uh, four verses, verses 7 down through verse 10 this morning. The works, oh, praise the Lord. How blessed is the man, human being, you could translate it that way in the Hebrew, how blessed is the person who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light arises in the darkness for the upright, gracious and compassionate and righteous. It is well with the man or the person who is gracious and lends. He will maintain his cause in judgment, and he will never be shaken. The righteous will be remembered forever. Now verse 7 and following. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld. He will not fear until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. He has given freely to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. 
The wicked will see it and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Let's pray. Our holy God in heaven, we are so deeply thankful that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And Father, when we recognize to fear you actually means to be in such an awe and adoration of who you are and what you've done for your people that we would humbly yield our hearts in love to serve you. Father, I would ask in your son's name, Jesus, that as we finish this, this series of lessons on the blessings for the one who fears you, that we would recognize the blessings are things that are of this world but beyond uh, this world, that are material in nature but beyond being material in nature. And so, Father, help us to see that as we rise up and walk in the newness of life as spiritual men and women, and we make those spiritual sacrifices that we're called to in a reverential awe, adoration, love for you, that we would be richly blessed in our hearts, in our minds, in our souls, in our lives, in our relationships, and in every way. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, why do you suppose it's important to know what the blessings are for those who fear the Lord? Why is it important to know? Well, it's important to know because the world does not grant blessings that are eternal. The world does not grant blessings that are going to last. In fact, the world's blessings have an obsolescent date placed on them. You know what being obsolete means? In fact, the blessing that a thing is like a washing machine, it's only a blessing until something goes wrong, right? How many have ever gotten dependent on your washing machine? You say, you have not, Bill. You're right. But I'll tell you what, when the washing machine isn't running, man, my clothes are aromatic in the wrong way. And so... It, it's amazing how that blessing, and that's a worldly blessing, and it's a wonderful one. Don't get me wrong. In fact, I've even started to do my own clothes. They're so bad. They're so smelly from working on the fence. I don't want to hurt my wife. And so I wash them. Haven't I been doing that? I've been washing them myself. Man, it's a blessing <clears throat> to go to work every morning and smell good for a few minutes. It's awesome. And so, but when that blessing goes away, it goes away. How many have had their washing machine go out and it stays out for a long time? It's just like, this is driving me crazy. I'm thankful that we live in the United States and we don't have to go down to the river and wash our clothes in the dirty water in the river. You believe people still do that? They still do that. I've actually seen it in Ghana, West Africa. And so, what a blessing. But those are temporal. We're talking about those that are greater than the temporal blessings. Turn with me really quickly before we really get into this and look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And take a look, if you would, at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places 
in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We're going to talk about Psalms chapter 112 verses 7 through 10 this morning. But I have to share with you that the blessings that God give are eternal. The blessings that God gives, oftentimes you can't buy with money. The love and respect of a child you can't buy with money. Many of you know that those who try to do that by indulging their children actually spoil the child and they are embittered against their parents and they be oftentimes, in some cases, I know Brian has talked about it, they become violent when they're older. That's just craziness. You can't buy that love and respect, that devotion, that closeness. You can't. And yet that is much greater than something that you could buy. Uh, Alan's parents are in the audience. Uh, uh, Tom and Cindy. Okay, got it. Tom came up to camp and uh, it was fun watching Tom. I, I was up there and I was preaching and Tom was working to find the scriptures and stuff and I was up there preaching. But then, and he was sitting right here. And then when I sat down and I introduced Alan, I was watching him out the corner of my eye. I'll tell you what, his buttons were popping off his shirt, man. Just like that, boom, 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 as his son was preaching. Pretty close, wasn't it? And they weren't physical buttons. It was like the swelling pride of a, a father in a son that's doing some great things. You can't buy that. That's one of those eternal, rich, amazing blessings that God's talking about. John said, I have no greater joy than to see my children walking in the truth. Right, brother? Tom, I'm so glad that you're here today. So I appreciate the time up there. I'm excited for you to be here and spend time with us. Okay? And bringing your lovely bride. Okay. Well, now let's get into it. Verses 7 through verse 10. The man of God, or the man who fears God, will not fear evil tidings. The man who fears God, the woman who fears God, will not fear evil tidings. Now, brethren, you well know that last year we talked about the Apostle Paul having the sentence of death within himself with these heavy persecutions that were coming upon him. Are there things in our lives that are going to be overwhelming and crushing? and emotionally challenging us to run, to cower, to hunker in our bunker, as I talked about last year. Well, yes, of course. There's always going to be challenges because the devil hates the church. But remember what Paul said? He said, these things have been brought into my life that I might not trust myself, but trust him who has delivered me, is delivering me, and will deliver me yet once again. Notice, there are going to be those crushing times, but those crushing times, if we fear God, will cause us to run to Him because He is our confidence and He is our trust. You know, if you continue to, you know, read the newspapers, which kind of newspapers are going out? You know, they're, 
they're, they're basically, nobody wants to buy newspapers anymore. Why? Because they got their little magic box and they can get all sorts of fun stuff on that right now. They don't get their fingers all black with printing. I mean, it's just great. Okay? But, but my point is, is that it's predominantly bad news and scary news and, and you see just how crazy humanity is becoming. And so that could shake people out. And honestly, during the COVID year and the Antifa BLM year, I have to be honest with you. Man, my head was spinning. I know a lot of your heads were spinning too. It's like, what is going on? When is it going to end? If we're, are we ever going to get back to not having wear, wear, wearing face diapers? I mean, will that ever end? I mean, honestly, I was thinking, is this it? Is this how it's going to go? Is that how we end up? But I was thinking that. But man, then I stepped back, as some of you well know, and started to read the scriptures about the trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord, and making it real, because that's what our, our, our theme was, and how important that was. If we understand how awesome God is, and we could trust him in everything. Then when that, that time of fear comes, we can draw near to him so that we can be strong and power through. You know what the word courage is actually, what it actually means? It means to have bravery and the, the ability to move forward even in the face of fear. That's what courage is. Our theme this year for camp was uh, uh, the, the courageous man fears only God. Paul had the, the sentence of death in himself, but he feared God and served God everywhere he was at, even in jail, even on death row, even when he was thrown in prison, he was singing praises. Even when he was stoned and left for dead, he got up and he went right back into the town that they drug him out to stone him, and he continued to preach. Notice, courage in the face of fear. That's what we're talking about here. So when we have these scary, evil tidings of what's coming, where are we going to turn? Well, what does it say here? He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast. Why? Because he trusts in the Lord. He will not fear evil tidings. Why? His heart is upheld. He will not fear until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. Now, you need to understand that when it talks about his heart is steadfast, it means it's fixed. It's immovable. That's what that word actually means. And so when Jesus sent his face like flint, immovable. By the way, I hope you listen to this year's G4 Summit I know it was a men's camp, but ladies, you can be encouraged by it too. And uh, Jeff Trillinger did an awesome job talking about iron will. Jesus, a man of iron will. And he did something that I didn't, I didn't even think about. I was thinking about all these passages that I would have preached, and he, he didn't go there at all. He said, Jesus did not do his will but the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is unchanging. The will of the Father is unchangeable. The will of the Father will never falter or fail. And I went, 
Why didn't I think of that? This is so awesome. If you commit yourself to doing the will of God, that's iron will. You will be fixed and you'll be steadfast, immovable. As the crush comes, you'll be strong enough to push it back. You know what's interesting? The gates of hell will not prevail against the church of God. You know what that picture really means? Gates are stationary. Hell's behind the gates of hell. The church is going to smash the gates of hell and rescue people. And if you're not steadfast in your faith, trusting only in the Lord, that's going to be hard for you to move forward in difficult times when the devil would be bringing all sorts of challenges in your life. But you know what? He who is in us is greater than who? He who is in the world. The gates of hell are not going to prevail. The church is going to be steadfast, immovable in their conviction to seek and save the lost. Even when things break down as a society. Remember I shared this before. Sasha Chernitsky, a dear friend that I'm going to be helping out when I go to Poland. He said, you know what? What we need here in Belarus is another good persecution. So the people in the church that are playing games will run. And then we'll know who really is a man or a woman of God with conviction. And I thought, well, I'm not going to ask that prayer, man. <laughs> You've already seen and done that before. You've lived it. I haven't done that yet. You know, well, we might get a chance to learn that, but I'm telling you what, that's what this is actually talking about here, to being so steadfast that you're not going to be moved from your strong position of courage to move forward and preach and teach and bring people in. By the way, that's when you're really going to impact people. You know, Paul changed the world because he just never stopped. He was unstoppable. Why? Because Christ lived in him and he lived for Christ. Well, notice his heart was steadfast. His heart is fearlessly upheld. Who is going to be upholding your heart? Who is going to be upholding your heart when these tidings of evil come? Who? That's not a rhetorical question. Who is capitalized, by the way, in that rhetorical question? Jesus Christ. Jesus. Now the question is, is are you going to cling to him and his promises and his provision? That's the question in this very statement. So actually, if you take a look at verse 7, verse 7 and 8 are really one particular blessing from a heart that fears God. He will not fear evil tidings. Why? His heart is steadfast. That's another blessing. Trusting in the Lord. That's another blessing. You have someone to trust in instead of yourself. And then his heart is upheld. That's a blessing from God. He's upholding your heart. He will not fear. Again, you'll be able to move forward. That's another blessing. I have them all dotted as blessings. Until, and this is a great blessing, until he, the man or woman of God, looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. You're saying, well, that's kind of mean. That's kind of mean. I had a question. How many of you have ever played sports? Come on. How many played sports against an opposing team? How many played sports against an opposing team? And when you beat your rival, it was like, oh, I feel bad I beat them. 
No way. What were you doing? Yeah, baby. Woohoo! Isn't that how it was? I'm telling you what. When I wrestled, I know it's weird to say, but I did wrestle. When I wrestled, it was so fun to beat. I did wrestle. I know it doesn't look like it. <laughs> but man, when I beat an opponent that was supposed to look better than me, man, I'll tell you what, you just don't still feeling like that. The people who are oppressing the church and they like it and they thrive on it. And if you don't think so, man, open your eyes. So when we stand and we continue to move forward, they're going to melt away as it says down in verse 10. I don't know about you, but that's a testimony of the truth of the power of the man or woman who fears God, adores him because how awesome he is and is willing to continue to serve no matter what happens. Brother, it's got to be full, full court press for us. Full court press. Fully trusting. Fully moving forward. Knowing that God has already given us the victory. Now let's read on. In this there's other blessings look at verse 9 he the man of God who fears God has uh, has given freely to the poor how many remember the the proverb verse uh, uh, 25 or verse 11 and verse 25 this is the, the 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 generous man will be prosperous and he who waters others waters himself if you were at family camp this, this last year, Matt Keichler did a phenomenal sermon. By the way, you need to listen to a sermon at men's camp. Wow. It was, wasn't that amazing? Well, it was just over the top crazy. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. I, I mean, it's, you have to listen to it. He wasn't talking about you having to be a liberal. Yeah. Quite the opposite. Yeah. Okay. He didn't call us to be liberal, to raise our hands and say we're a liberal. Okay? But, but, that, but that was a powerful lesson because it caught us, didn't it? It grabbed us. We laugh, we giggle. Whenever we talk about the family camp, you know, 2023, Matt Keichler being a liberal, you'll never forget that lesson, will you? Because according to the scriptures, being, being one who is liberal in their giving, liberality is actually being giving, willing to share. Have you ever shared with someone who had need and you never received anything back from them and that's okay because you did it, the right hand didn't know what the left was doing, that's how it should be done? But then the blessing was still there, wasn't it? There was this sense of, I'm doing the right thing and, I, and I'm excited about being able to do it and they don't know. And and it's God has given me the ability. It's like this feeling you can't get any other way. You're saying, well, you're living for a feeling. No, you do the right thing. God will bless you with that which you can't buy. Those are the blessings that are spiritual. By the way, it says that the man who, who lends to the poor is going to be paid back by God with interest. Actually says that in the book of Proverbs. Can't remember which one it is, but you ask me and I'll find it. It's powerful. And so, brethren, it's important for us to recognize that the man or woman who fears the Lord is blessed with a heart that gives. 
But look at the continuation of verse 9. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted. A blessing is his righteousness will endure forever. His horn will be exalted. You know, there's two blessings there. His righteousness will endure forever. His righteousness will endure forever. Is that true? In the spiritual realm, it's true. And I believe in this world, it's true. More so in the spiritual realm. Did you know that every act of kindness, every act of compassion, every act of mercy, every act of goodness will be rewarded on the last day? It will not be forgotten by our God. You want proof? Well, come on. I don't believe you, preacher. Show me. Okay, I will. All right, turn with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, there is a passage that where God says, I will not forget all the, the sweet blessings of service with which you have given uh, to the saints. Uh, take a look, if you would, uh, in verse 9 of Hebrews 6. We'll start there. Listen to what it says here. Your righteousness will never be forgotten by God. And I believe that if you live it right, your righteousness will continue from generation to generation as you help people become Christians. But beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you. We don't, we're convinced that you're not going to uh, be burned up with the rest of the world. He's basically saying in context. Uh, we, 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 we think of better things concerning you and things that accompany salvation, though we're speaking in this way. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have shown toward his name in having ministered and in still ministering to the saints. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the, until the end, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. That says God will not forget your good works, your sacrificial service. God's a capitalist. He pays well for those who work hard. And he's not going to get, he's not going to forget you on payday. You know, Judgment Day is a wonderful day for Christians. Judgment Day is going to be an awesome day for Christians. But oftentimes it's taught from the pulpit, you're all damned to go to hell. People outside of Christ who reject God. Judgment Day will not go well for them. But for those who fear the Lord, for those who lay their lives down in sacrificial service because they love Him, because they know that He loves them more, He's not going to forget any good work. Now, I have a picture in my mind. You know how Brian Bragg talks about the big dog pile in heaven? Right? You may know what I'm saying about that. Big dog. I'm sorry. I didn't play football. That picture doesn't really work for me very well. All right, just doesn't. Well, I understand what he's saying. I've seen it on television. But here's my image. And again, of course, it's kind of a silly illustration. But I believe that when Bill Compton steps up to the podium, Jesus is right there looking at me and he says, I want to show you a picture of your life. I want the whole, all of creation to see the kind of man you were. And this is this jumbotron. 
Hit the video, Meister. Now, guess what? All of my sins have been what? In Christ Jesus, all of my sins have been what? Washed away. Washed away. As far as the east is from the west. If I remain faithful, when he shows a picture of my life, what's the only thing you're going to see? That's if I remain faithful. What? All the good deeds. I was, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I, I was a stranger and, and you invited me in. And I was sick and you, and you visited me in the hospital. Isn't that what he's going to say? That's exactly what he's going to say. But what about the guy who's outside of Christ or the gals outside of Christ? The jumbotron is still going. They said, well, I don't want that. Well, great. I'm glad you don't want that. Love God because he loves you and wants to honor you on that day. He wants you home with him. He loves you. He loves every human soul. The problem is, is not every human soul loves him. Does it say that we're going to be rewarded individually on judgment day? Yes or no? You got a book, chapter, and verse on that? I got a lot of them. How important that is. Your righteousness will be remembered forever. But you know what I have found? The righteousness of Grandpa Penny is being remembered by thousands of people. <clears throat> thousands of people. Not just me. Many of you. Though you did not know him, you will get to meet him. So you're the infamous Grandpa Penny. He's kind of infamous too in his driving. Okay? <laughs> the thing was, they said, don't walk on the sidewalks when Penny is driving through Redmond. That's the kind of driver he was. But you will meet him. But if I live the life that he lived, others will experience Grandpa Penny's life. Do we emulate people? Do you know what emulate means? Do we imitate people? Do we? When I was a kid, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, my dad let me watch Clint Eastwood movies. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Dad, what were you doing? Watching Clint Eastwood movies. Uh -uh. Yeah, yes, that does. Now I think that's cool. Cool, uh, you know, and uh, man, cowboy boots, man, that guy was one amazing man of a man. Fucking his cowboy boots, a fistful of dollars, a few dollars more. You know, I mean, like those movies, man, they were like, I want to be like Clint Eastwood when I grew up. You notice I like to wear cowboy boots, it's all Clint's fault, all right, but you know what. Something even bigger and better and eternal. I want to be like Grandpa Penny because Grandpa Penny was living it like Jesus. The blessings that you have come to, to see as I've grown are much of what Grandpa Penny was. Your righteousness will be remembered forever by Jesus. And your righteousness is going to be remembered by those people's lives who you touched. They will never forget you. When they're in heaven, they're going to be hugging you in that line, waiting. 
I'm hugging Forrest. If he makes it, I'm hugging him. I'm hugging Grandpa Penny. I'm going to hug John Weber if I see him there in that line. Those men hug my brother. He helped me too. Hug Jeff Drillinger. Hug Ken Weber. You've helped me. We've helped each other. We won't forget. I don't know about you, but I want that bad. I want it bad. And Jesus has given what I need to get there. And the devil wants to take that away. I'm not going to let him. Verse 9. Your righteousness endures forever. And his horn will be exalted in honor. I kind of double dipped on that one. You know what your horn is? Can you imagine me with a horn? <laughs> That's a weird picture. I don't know why God used the horn. But the horn is an image of power. How we used how we used the giftedness and the power that God gave us through his spirit will be recognized and honored on the last day. Each one of us is gifted. Each one of us has talents and abilities that God has given. Are you investing them in serving the Lord and serving the Lord's people? Or are you investing them in serving yourself? See, if you're investing him in serving the Lord and serving his people, he will not forget. He will honor you. I love that picture. It drives me. It motivates me. And it motivates the man or woman of God who desires to be pleasing to his father and pleasing to the spiritual husband that we have in Christ. Finally, verse 10. In closing, the wicked will see it. We'll see what? We'll see the 22 blessings that the man or woman of God who fears God is receiving. And it's going to make him mad. The wicked will see it and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. You know, I found out that when people, when you stand up for what's right and people attack you, and, and they do, I don't know if you've experienced that, but when you stand for what's right and you're you're what? You're fixed, unmovable from your convictions. People in the world that hate that, hate you, and you aren't being moved. It drives them crazy. You're not driving them crazy. You're driving, they're driving themselves crazy. Why? It's because they can't get their evil deeds to accomplish what they want. And that's to bring you back into the mire. To break you. I've seen that, unfortunately, quite a bit. It doesn't work. If you are what? Trusting God and fixed, steadfast. You're saying, well, that's cruel. That's mean. You're not the one that's destroying them. Who's destroying them? They are destroying themselves. They're embittered because you will not bow down and wallow in the mire like them. You are steadfast, a man, a woman of integrity. You're not destroying them. They're destroying themselves. How many of you have ever heard this statement? Wisdom is vindicated by her children. Have you heard that one before? 
Wisdom is vindicated by her children. What in the world does that mean? That's a tough one, isn't it? Huh? When you make a wise decision and you decide to live this certain way, the end result in your life, if you live it for God, is a blessing. A lots of blessings. <clears throat> and when the people see that and they've been doing something else and their life's falling apart, they're going to be angry at you. Why? Because they're not getting the blessings that you're getting. But they chose to do something different than you. See, it's not on you, but it's the validation that you're doing what's right. And what does it say? The wicked will see it and be vexed and will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked will perish. You know, in this world, people will remember wicked people. They will. Vladimir Lenin, Mao Zedong, many of those horribly evil people. But not a good word is spoken. But for those who've lived righteously, like Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul, Timothy, you, me, good words are spoken. Honestly, as I grow older and the day of my departure comes, It's going to be kind of fun sitting up there and listening to people talk about me. Now, there might be some people going, man, I'm sure glad God finally got rid of him. It's okay. <laughs> that's fine if that's what people say. But I don't think a lot of people are going to say that. There were a lot of people that thought, wow, it's good that they got rid of Jesus. After they realized what they were doing, some of them repented, right? But man, all praise to him. Amen? I am nothing without him. I am everything with him. See? He's constantly being praised. So, brethren, fear God as the Bible teaches to fear God. And watch the blessings that only God can give come into your life. That's absolutely amazing. By the way, he promises that the man or woman who fears him will be richly blessed. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we know this this life is tough. The devil's just not pulling any punches, it seems like. He's just going for it. And yet, dear Heavenly Father, we need to look around us and realize that everything that we have in this beautiful, amazing creation you've given to us as a gift. Father, we need to realize that the opportunities that we have, even in the most difficult of times, are a blessing because they help us grow. We'd ask your Heavenly Father that we would look to the scriptures to see the specific things that you promise that will come to those who love you and serve you with a good and honest heart. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's all stand. Let's, what did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right. Have a great Sunday and a great week. We'll see you tonight at the parks if you're able to make it. And then Wednesday night once again.